Chapter three, etheric technology, Atlantean magic powers. As we re-examine our modern sources of energy based on the exploitation of nature, Rudolf Steiner shows us the quite different ways in which early humanity was able to manipulate forces magically by a connection from within, by fusing one's consciousness together with nature rather than standing back to control it from outside. Our consciousness has changed enormously over the millennia of evolution, yet it is Steiner's contention that such forces can once again fall under human spiritual control. Etheric technology. During the whole first half of Atlantis, the texture of the human body was much softer, much more pliable, and yielded to the forces of the soul. These soul forces were essentially more powerful than they are today. And they both shaped and overpowered the physical body. A person in ancient Atlantis would have been able to break a section of rail from a railway, let us say, with ease. Not because his physical forces were strong, for his bony system had still not developed, but through his magical psychic forces. A cannonball, for example, could have been repulsed by this psychic force. The density of flesh developed only later. A similar phenomenon is still to be found today in certain pathological cases who on account of the liberation of strong psychic forces, in that condition, the physical body is not properly connected with the higher bodies can lift and throw heavy objects. Because in Atlantis, <clears throat> a person's physical body was still pliable, such a person could more easily adjust to processes in the life of the soul. Physical stature could be made to decrease or increase in size. If, for example, a person at in Atlantis was, let us say, stupid or sensual, he fell into matter, as it were, and became a giant in stature. The more intelligent human beings developed a delicate constitution and were smaller in stature. Those who were dull-witted were giants. A person's external form was influenced to a far greater extent by the forces of the soul than is the case today when matter has become inflexible. The bodies of people developed in accordance with their qualities of soul, and this accounted for the great differences in the races. If the evolution of humanity until the middle of the Atlantean ape book had proceeded without the influence of Lucifer, 
human beings would by then have developed a picture consciousness imbued with a high degree of clairvoyance. There would have been in their souls something that through its power would have revealed the external world to them in inner pictures. They would not have perceived objects outside through their eyes. As a result of the Luciferic influence, human beings perceived the physical world at an early age, but they did not do so in the right way. They saw the external world as if through a veil. The divine spiritual beings had planned evolution for them in such a way that in place of the dull, clairvoyant consciousness with which the inner world world was perceived in pictures, they would so have perceived the external world that the spirit would have been present behind everything material. They would have seen the spirit behind the physical world. All of a sudden, please do not take this this literally, for the process would obviously have taken some time, the external world without Lucifer have appeared to human beings at a given time they would have awakened. The inner world would have suddenly vanished, but the consciousness of the spirit in which that world originated would have remained. I will repeat that. All of a sudden, please do not take this literally, all of a sudden, for the process would obviously have taken some time. The external world would, without Lucifer, have appeared to human beings at a given time they would have awakened. The inner world would have suddenly vanished, but the consciousness of the spirit in which that world originated would have remained. Human beings would have seen not only the plants, animals, and so forth, but, si but simultaneously the spirit from which they had come forth. But because the Luciferic beings drew human beings down to the earth too soon, the external world had the effect of hiding the world of spirit from them. Physical matter became opaque for them. Otherwise, they would have seen it to the primordial spirit ground of the world. Because human beings had come down too soon into matter, it proved to be too dense for them, and they could not penetrate it. But from the middle of the Atlantean epoch onward, other retarded spiritual beings were able to penetrate this matter, in consequence of which it became clouded and human beings were no longer able to behold the spiritual. These were the Aramanic or Mephistophelian beings. Mephistophiles, or Ariman, is not the same being as Lucifer. 
through untruth, Zarathustra calls Ariman the lie. He clouds the purity of spirit of human beings, conceals the spirit from them. Ariman follows Lucifer and instills into human beings the illusion that matter is a reality in itself. So, in the course of the revolution, during which the divine spiritual beings wanted their influence to work upon them, human beings allowed themselves to be subject to two other influences, those of Lucifer, who attacks human beings in their inner nature, in their astral body, in devouring to confuse and mislead them, and Ariman, who, working from outside, deludes human beings to a certain extent, causing the external world to appear as maya or as matter, the greatest illusion. Lucifer is the spirit who is active within human beings. Araman, in contrast, is the spirit who spreads matter like a veil over the spiritual and makes recognition of the spiritual world impossible. These two spirits hold human beings back in the development of their spirituality. It was especially the Aramanic influence that asserted itself in human beings and caused the Atlantean part of the earth to perish. In Lemuria, human beings had a strong effect upon nature with their magical forces. They could, for example, control fire. The Atlanteans were no longer capable of this. But with their will, they could control the germinal forces in which deep secrets lie hidden, the forces of air and water. Fire was beyond their control. Let us be clear that when we look at a locomotive today, constructed and controlled by human beings, it is something quite different. Today, human beings understand how to make the forces contained in coal serve their purposes, to turn them into a propelling power. This process means that they control the lifeless mineral force of the coal. The Atlanteans, however, controlled <clears throat> the actual life force contained in seeds. Think of the life force that causes the blades of grass to sprout from the earth. This life force was extracted from the seed by the Atlanteans and put to use in their sheds where the Atlanteans kept their airships. They laid up enormous stocks of seeds, just as we today store coal. They propelled their vehicles with the power accumulated from the seeds. When the clairvoyant looks back to that age, he sees these vehicles near the earth in the air that was still denser, equipped with a kind of control mechanism. They rose up and moved. 
The Atlanteans controlled these forces. Now it is unthinkable to imagine that the forces of plants, soul forces, that is to say, can be applied by magical means without at the same time influencing the forces of air and water. When the will of the Atlanteans turned to evil and used these forces for egotistical purposes, they simultaneously evoked the forces of water and of air, released them, and ancient Atlantis perished as a result. The continents came into existence through the cooperation of the elements and human beings. At the same time, the Aramanic influence was gradually able to become so strong that human beings could no longer see the spiritual. Behind physical matter, they could see nothing except the mineral, inorganic element, and that meant that the magical powers vanished ever more completely from them. In the Atlantean epoch, human beings were able to control and master the life force in the plant kingdom. In the Lemurian age, it lay within their power to control the seminal forces of animals. And indeed, it actually came to a point of Lemurian people applying these seminal forces of animals to transform animal forms into human forms. <clears throat> Every such magical action performed by human beings with their seminal forces causes a release of the forces of fire. When such will, when such will becomes evil, the worst forces of black magic are generated and evoked. Today, the most evil forces on the earth are still released when black magicians mishandle forces that are, generally speaking, withheld from mankind. These forces are powerful and at the same time holy. They are forces that in the wise hands of worthy guides can be applied in the highest and purest service of humanity. Human beings now gradually became incapable of molding their bodies. Cartilage and bones, the hard constituents were integrated into them and the resemblance of human beings to their present shape constantly increased. It was in the Atlantean epoch that the first took place, and it is therefore comprehensible that ancient Atlantis cannot be found by modern researchers. Hopes cherished by academics of still being able to find traces of human evolution in these ancient times will never be fulfilled because human beings were then beings whose limbs still consisted of soft, flabby substances. Such a body cannot be preserved, just as after a hundred years, no remnants of the soft-bodied mollusks are to be found. Remnants of animals from ancient periods can still be found because the animals had already hardened while the human constitution was still soft and pliable. 
The animals came down into matter too soon. They were not able to wait. Out of the earliest human figures who had become physical too soon, the most stunted human figures came into existence. The nobles, the noblest human figures, stayed above the earth the longest and remained soft and pliable. They waited until they were able to avoid an age during which they would have been obliged to remain stationary at a certain stage of hardening, as in the case of the animals. Because they were not able to wait, the animals have remained at a stage of rigidity and hardening. The evolution of the earth has now been described up to the time when the forces of water were unleashed and ancient Atlantis perished. The human beings who were saved from Atlantis made their way in the one direction towards America and in the other towards Europe, Asia, and Africa of today. These great migrations continued over long periods of time. Let us now consider ancient Atlantean culture once more. In the earliest period, man possessed strong magical powers. With these powers, he controlled the seed forces, mastered the forces of nature, and in a certain way, was still able to see into the spiritual world. Clairvoyance then gradually faded because human beings were destined to found the culture belonging to earth. They were to descend to earth in the real sense. Thus, at the end of Atlantis, there were two kinds of human beings within the peoples and races. Firstly, at the height of Atlantean culture, they were seers, clairvoyants, and powerful magicians who worked by means of magical forces and were able to see into the spiritual world. Besides them were people who were preparing to be the founders of present humanity. They already had within them the rudiments of the faculties possessed by people today. They were no longer able to equal the achievements of the old Atlanteans in any way, but they were able to make preparation for intelligence, for the power of judgment. They possessed the elementary faculties of calculation, counting, combination, and so forth. They were the people who developed the rudiments of the intelligence of today and no longer made us made use of the magical forces applied by the Atlantean magicians at the time when their application was already fraught with danger on account of the powerful Aramanic influence. They were the others, the despised people, rather like the anthroposophists today, who meet together in small groups, or like the first Christians in ancient Rome who gathered together in the catacombs. Twilight of the Magicians. <clears throat> now, in Atlantis, there were also centers of culture and ritual. We will call them the Atlantean oracles, where what is called Atlantean wisdom was 
harbored and practiced. The great leader of the Sun Oracle, the greatest initiate of Atlantis, directed his attention above all to that section of human beings who differed from the ordinary population in ancient Atlantis. They were simple people who were looked down upon and who no longer possessed magical powers. But it was they who gathered together by the great initiate because they had developed the new faculties, even if only in a primitive form. It was from them that understanding of the new age was to be expected. The great initiate gathered together this useful material for the future. And also those old initiates or magicians who had not persisted in clinging egotistically to the former practices. Our present age presents a similar picture and can be compared with the conditions prevailing in, in Atlantis at that time. Today, too, there are, on the one side, influential figures in the prevailing forms of culture, people who in their own way are magicians working only with what is inorganic. On the other side, there are the despised people who even today want to work for the future. At that time in Atlantis, the members of that culture, the old magicians, also looked down despairingly upon the small number of those who had developed the new faculty, which was useless in ancient Atlantis. <clears throat> the great initiate of the Sun Oracle did not, however, despise these people. Today, too, the proud bearers of our culture look down upon a small number of human beings, upon the anthroposophists who gather in small, insignificant meeting places and are said to engage in all kinds of foolish activities. Generally speaking, they are unprofessional laymen and laywomen who claim to be the inaugurating, claim to be inaugurating the future. These are the people who are developing and preparing in themselves a faculty that to the others seems useless. But because it carries a hint of the future, it is able to create a connection again with the spiritual world. In Atlantis long ago, it was a matter of finding the connection with the physical material world. The task today is to discover the spiritual once again. Just as at the time the old initiates gathered his host together locally, directing his call to the simple, despised people, so today again, under different, not local conditions, a call goes forth from the great masters of wisdom who are allowing certain spiritual teachers of wisdom to flow into humanity. Those possessed of certain qualities respond to this call, as did certain human beings long ago. But they were individuals who had within them primitive talents for calculation, computation, and so forth. This wisdom is not imparted simply for anthroposophical dogmas to be grasped by the intellect, but to understand them with the heart. One is then strong enough to know why anthroposophical, <laughs> sorry guys, 
One is then strong enough to know why anthroposophy is here today. <laughs> it is here to meet a great challenge of evolution. And the person who knows this also finds the strength to conquer all obstacles, come what may. Such people proceed along their path because they know that what is intended to come to pass through anthroposophy must come to pass for the further progress of humanity on the path to the spirit. The great initiate of the Sun Oracle led the small group of human beings and founded a kind of culture center in Asia. He drew these individuals to him in order to make them capable of founding post-Atlantean culture. During the Great Migration, everything that had come into existence in Atlantis had been mingled and jumbled together. It follows that in the post-Atlantean epoch, one should no longer speak of races, but of civilizations and of cultures. And this concludes chapter three.